0: to you
1: who's enjoying this cooler weather amen to that i know i am what a blessing until i forgot to turn the ac off yesterday and i woke up about two o'clock and had to go in the closet and get a quilt out of the closet and turn the ac off and uh it was about 62 degrees in our house and uh i was a little much but uh... oh i thought you wanted to say something you were standing up there for a second anyway uh, but no, a beautiful morning, uh, see the Lord's Supper, we're excited about that, just a great time of reverence and a special time with the Lord, we always ask the children to be in with us and give them an opportunity to understand the importance of the Lord's Supper, but uh, also we incorporate that with Hymnal Sunday, we call it, and uh, obviously uh, you won't see the words on the screen, but we uh, sing straight from the hymns, and just a great time to reflect on the truths of God's Word, so... Just pray that we enjoy today. If you're joining us online, we're so thankful to have you with us. As always, Richard, standing by to be a blessing in every way you can. At the bottom right corner of the screen, you'll see a prayer tab. Let us know how we can be praying for you be a blessing that's private, secure. It only goes to one source, so uh, you're safe about that. Uh, but in any questions about the service, let Richard know, or you can reach me directly at Todd at CFChurchTX.com. Uh, but we're glad you're here. Uh, I want to take a quick second before we get into the announcements. Miss Lori, would you come here, please? Nah. <clears throat> You're too sweet to be in trouble. I don't care what Wayne says. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> we are so thankful for this sweet lady. And uh, if you know a little bit about Wayne and Lori, they have, what, 18 years? And I'll show you. 16 years, I'm telling the stories oh, up here. Sorry. Okay, no. So 16 years doing missionary work in Australia and just poured the heart into it. Uh, Lord uh, opened the door for them to come back to the States and they uh, brought their sweet spirit with us a couple of years ago. And uh, we get to benefit from Lloyd's heart for the children and how much she pours into your children and through Kids Zone. So first of all, we will say thank you for that, for all you do on that. But if you're on social media, you saw her glowing reviews. Uh, She is rejoicing that they had their first grandchild a week ago or about a week ago. So what was the name again? Uh, Braxton Lee. Braxton Lee. So a healthy boy. Uh, Obviously, uh, I say obviously, but her daughter and grandson are still in Australia. So Lori has been working uh, overtime, everything she can, filed for a passport, got it in quickly been trying to save up the money also they don't let you fly free anymore and uh so that took a lot of funds but i want you to know as a church wednesday night (laughs) but uh we just took up a love offering for you and there's a lot of love in this okay so don't know where you're at but we're hoping this will bridge a gap for you and enjoy your trip So you don't have to say anything, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you gotta send pictures back that's what that's the that's the catch, so we're excited for her and uh we know you're gonna have a great- for how long are you gonna be there two weeks two weeks wow, well. Wow, what a journey. Well, we'll be praying for you the whole time and look forward to seeing pictures of your grand, grandson. So we're so happy for you. Uh, a few announcements here, we'll get started. Uh, remember, parents and teachers, uh, after service, I need about 15 minutes of your time. I'll make it as short as we can, but we need to meet about Kids Zone and some changes that are taking place in there. So stick around. We'll try to meet over here and, uh, and get that taken care of quickly so we can go on to lunch or with your plan, so just immediately following in service. Our collective meeting this Tuesday, uh, schedule fell, there's a lot of things going on with Halloween and stuff on Tuesday and, and you know family activities. We uh, won't know till exactly the morning, but we're gonna try to reschedule that for Monday, tomorrow evening, if possible. But I'll get a text out to the collective group, uh, those young adults and let us uh, know for sure and we'll move forward with that. And then Wednesday night services. Remember, last Wednesday was our last time on the fellowship meal. Through the end of the year, we're going to postpone it with all the activities that are going on in October and November, or November, December. And uh, and so we'll still be having Wednesday night service, but we will not be having our fellowship meal at 6 o'clock. So we'll still be gathering at 7. And then cleaning is next uh, Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday the 4th at 9 a.m. Uh, great turnout last time. So... Uh, hope you can make it be here be a part of that and be quickly then on November the 19th we're having our Thanksgiving fellowship here's the, at the church so we'll be looking for signups if you get with Ashley, just wave your hand Ashley make sure everybody knows and, uh, and get with her for our signups and be looking for sign ups as we start uh, gathering we'll have our Thanksgiving fellowship meal on the 19th Amen all right, I think that that is it. Gentlemen, if you wanna come forward and we'll pray over our service this morning.
2: Fa-
3: Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings you bestowed upon us this week and every day of our lives. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for the cooler weather. Now, just take this offering. and We hope we you, can you, you use it for your glory. In His name, I pray. Amen.
0: get your hymnals and turn to hymn number 772. We'll continue with our We did it intentionally, right?
3: (laughs) Front, back, front, back. past week when I, I was in the study I've been doing, it's been about three months long and it's on the armor of God. And when I taught the kids the armor of God back in the day, um, you know, we hit the pieces and we hit what their purpose is, but this study kind of goes into the culture and, and the different aspects of the armor and this past um, couple of weeks was on the shoes. And I never really thought that much about shoes till I went on a job walk. And part of my job is to walk site conditions and, and make evaluations about code and all kinds of technical stuff. I had on the wrong shoes. And I had to walk 600 doors, which is like an eight hour walk. And my feet were reminding me all day long that I was not prepared, as I should have been, to walk that project. And when you look at the, the shoes of the soldiers back in the day, they had hobnails, so they would keep sure-footing. My shoes were slippery, and they had just done the floors, and I almost felt like an ice skater half the time when I hit the wrong little spot where it was still a little damp. And they also, their shoes were to carry the gospel of peace. And if you kept the line, the war didn't get into the camp. And I was just thinking about all these different things and the only reason I know that to that depth is I took time to figure that out. And now I realize how I stand in life is not about me standing and saying, no, you've got to accept Jesus. It's about me standing in all the truth and all the things that God has taught me so that my light shines. And I promise you, if you dig in, you find it out, and you stand in it, people have to notice and they're hurting they're looking for it and they need truth now every place you go everybody's ramped up and everybody wants to fight over every little thing but when you're standing in your peace and you're staying calm and you're showing that light it's attractive it's contagious so let's come and pray to god who can give that to all of us
0: You'll turn to hymn number 147.
1: be the one song you never get tired of singing i don't know if there's a greater song for me personally written not that it's just emotionally driven but it's so powerful and yet there'll be songs we've never heard when we get to heaven wow that myriad and myriad of angels will be singing what a choir i hope they let me in they probably won't. I'm so bad at singing. They'll probably find, Todd, we got something else for you to do. This is choir practice. We, but anyway, I don't care. As long as I get in, I get to hear it. And uh, that's my goal. So, uh, And uh, it doesn't have to be a goal because it's a promise. Amen? Woo. Thank goodness we don't have to cross our fingers and hope and, uh, and uh, follow a checklist. Christ did all the work for us. We come this morning for the Lord's Supper and uh such a special time and i always want the children to be involved and make sure they understand uh the the beauty of it and the power and the magnitude of it but real quickly before we get started this morning i want to talk about contentment and uh got some verses here so uh it's almost 12 10 30 so we'll get see where this goes but uh let me go ahead and pray and then uh, we'll, we'll get into the the truth, and the uh, supper this morning. Father, thank you again for this morning, for us together. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Father, we thank you for uh, the cross and the image that it brings and that we celebrate through this Lord's Supper to uh, just bring it into focus and to emphasize who and what you are. I ask that you anoint these words this morning to our hearts. Help us to grow in the beauty of your grace and your mercy. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, won't ask you to stand this morning, but got a question for you. We'll look at Genesis two seventeen. If God knew, and He does, because God knows all, then why did He put the tree of good and evil in the middle of the garden if He knew they'd eat of it? I think that's a fair question. Don't know how you ponder questions in the Bible. God knows all. God's in control of all. He created man. He created the angel's second crea- or first creation. And he put this tree of good and evil, which then he directed his second creation not to mess with it, partake with it, knowing they would. So why we don't have an answer to that? We, the Bible does not direct us to a clear, exact point of why God did that. There's volumes written on the, you know theological reasons why god went about this and his purpose in it but there's some things we do know so what do we know the bible tells us god's omniscient is he not I meaning god's all-knowing deuteronomy 29:29 tells us god knows the secret things The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. God gave us every single thing we need, did he not? Everything that pertains to life, everything that pertains to us, ultimately our salvation, everything we need to journey through this life, God did not hold anything back that we need for our faith walk. But don't even come close to think that God shared everything. There's things that only God knows for now that we don't know. And we won't know until we get to glory. Jeremiah 5.22 tells us his decrees cannot be broken. He tells us right there, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have place the sand for the bound of the sea by the perpetual what decree and yet the oceans can only the, the famous song can't think of the the female artist beautiful song but the oceans can only come so far God said I set my decree nothing will break my word I set the sands it will hold back the oceans in my control Hebrews 6 18 a great verse Talks about the immutability of God, the two aspects of God that He cannot do: God cannot lie, and God cannot change His word. That by these two immutable things, I which, uh, in which it, that it was impossible for God to lie. God broke His word; He would lie. God cannot lie. God cannot break His word. These things that we know; these are things that we have assurance. These are the very things that we hang our eternal hope on is the eternal promise of God's word that God's in control God's omniscient he's all-knowing he's sovereign he's all-powerful so why did he create the tree since he is omniscient well a couple of other things we know according to Isaiah 14 we know Satan had already fallen at that point we'll look at that And two, by way of that fall, by God's second creation of man, us, that Satan then ushered in temptation. We know that in Genesis chapter 3. You know, through that temptation. So such truth is a fall of creation, both angels and man. Uh, It was Augustine paraphrasing and said, it's like uh, like the ocean. Uh, You know, St. Augustine, you know, a great mind. The knew great depths of God's Word. But, but even a subject like this of, of, of why such a situation, he said, it's like the ocean. You wade in the first few feet. It's warm. It's fun. You splat. It's great. But the more you walk, the deeper you get, the more it overwhelms you. The truth of God, the power of God, all who and what God is, is beyond our comprehension even with spiritual maturity, even with a tenure of walk in the Lord and grow in His grace and grow in wisdom and knowledge, we're still just treading in our ankles in the ocean of who and what God is. Here's my point this morning. The Father is perfect. Because He's perfect, He's self-existent. He's self-sufficient. He's good, again, sovereign. He's all-powerful meaning everything else exists outside of the Father. It includes Satan, and includes us, and the fallen angels, meaning God and God alone is the one that keeps us and has kept us in His perfect righteousness. Even when He created Lucifer, Michael and Gabriel, these archangels, and, and Lucifer, the greatest of the three archangels, even Lucifer himself, The head of the angels still was held in place by God's perfectness. God sustained Lucifer. Lucifer was what he was only because of God. God created him. God was sovereign. God was omniscient. And everything, you know, exists outside of God. Nothing is self-existently good or righteous. Nothing in us is good. We saw even the angels fail themselves. So while while nothing is self-existently good or righteous, though Satan was the greatest of angels, it was God's goodness, again, that He was what He was. Look what it says in Jude 24. Now to him that is able to what? Keep. Keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory and exceeding joy. Our only hope of not falling ourselves is through the perfectness of God, the goodness of God, the power of God, when that's what we rely upon. God is our preservation in and through Christ, and it only exists in God. Colossians 1.16 tells us, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by Him and for Him. All that we are, all that we have, all that we'll be is only because of the Father's goodness and Christ's redemption. That's the only place it exists. Thus, we can say God is all we need. Is that a fair statement? If all that we are is by way of him, all that we are was created by him, we're not self-sufficient, we're totally reliable upon the one who created us, no goodness within us, no goodness comes by way of us, of us, no goodness comes by way of creation, goodness only exists in God. So anything will ever be, anything that we are, anything we hope for that is good only comes by way of God's perfect control. Yet in one brief moment in time, God stepped back. God stepped back, and he let Satan loose. He allows Satan in his free will to freely act. Now, we don't know again for sure. We don't know, uh, you know, it's safe to say there's always been free will with the angels. We know that Satan used his free will to fall. But we know at one moment in time that, that, that God ordained that and allowed Satan to freely Work within the free will God gave him. Let's go back to Isaiah 14. Look what it says in 12 through 15. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou hast been brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. In that one brief moment in time when Satan acted freely in his free will, he uttered five times what he was going to be. I. I will Be like God. Two quick points and I'm through. Go back and look at verse 13. For thou hast said in thy, what? In thy heart. This is a problem the father had. Same problem the father had with the Hebrew children. It's the same problem God has with his children today. We discussed this Thursday night in Bible study. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, 28 and 29. And the Lord heard the voice of your words. God's interacting with Moses here. Moses come down from Mount Sinai, them the Ten Commandments. The children heard the voice of God. They feared, saying, Who are we? We'll die in the presence of God. Moses, only you can be in his presence. So they... They, they commissioned Moses going go and to get all the commandments God had for them. They wanted to hear everything God had to say. And so this is a dialogue between God and Moses. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spake unto me. And the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken unto thee. They have all what? Oh, they all well said. What they said was right on. That was good. Sounded good. Sounded spiritual. Sounded religious. We, we're now acknowledging who and what God is. We've seen Moses' face, the radiance of his face, from looking upon and being in the presence of God. And, and now they, they can't help but acknowledge it. We want to hear all God has to say. We want it all. God says, I, I heard that. Look at how God responds, though, in verse 29. Oh, that there were such a what heart in them. I heard what you said, but I wish your heart matched your words. You say you want all that I have. You're saying I have now acknowledged by hearing the sound of my voice. You, you tremble in my presence. You're fearful to even be in my presence, and rightfully so. And and so you say all the right things. You want everything I have to offer. You're you're, uh, requesting Moses to get it all. I said, it sounds good. But, oh, I wish your heart matched your words. I wish you truly wanted everything I have for you. I wish your heart was willing to be content with everything I have. Second point, let's go back to verse 14. I love this verse because it, I mean, if anything, gives power and truth to the big picture, it's what Satan said in verse 14. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be greater than the Most High. Does it say that? I'll be what? Like the Most High. If Satan wanted to be all that in a bag of chips, so to speak, if if he wanted to be all about him, he wanted all that he can get, he wanted more, why didn't he want to be greater than God? If you're going to go that path, do you grow up and say, I want to be like so-and-so, or do you want to be greater than so-and-so? Ever thought about why Satan says, I want to be like God? I think it's a strong opinion that Satan, of all people, knew there was nothing greater than God. And the best I can hope for is to be like God. He knew he couldn't be greater than God. Satan had no doubt. Satan had no deep preconceived thought, you know, really, if I could do this, I'd be better than God. No, he, he knew without a doubt that God was all in all. He was just hoping he could be equal to God. We're told in scriptures, you know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Christ is, you know, be ye Christ-like. We also can't be better than God. We can't be better than Christ. Should we esteem to be like Christ? By all truth, yes. That's why God said, oh, if only their heart was like their words. Only if they truly wanted all that I wanted. Only if they were content with all that I had for them. Five times in three verses, Lucifer said, I will. Lucifer being the name that God anointed him with, gave him with. Lucifer also fell did he not and he fell because of his pride he was more concerned of getting more than what god had ordained him to have and because of that he ushered in sin and all three of those emphasize what i what i want what i want to obtain What I want to get, what I want to be, what I want to have, what I, I, I. Lucifer uttered it five times in a couple of verses. And yet a lot of us, me included at times, spend a lifetime dealing with I. Out of our pride or out of our discontentment for where God has us. Why the tree of good and evil? Nobody can say exactly why. Scriptures don't tell us. But one can make a strong argument that the Father used our own free will to show us that His creation, both angels and men, they will never be content without Him. We'll never find contentment outside of the Godhead. Because there's nothing that we're going to obtain on our own there's nothing you know self-existently you know good in us to obtain it all that we'll ever have all that we can ever achieve and the only thing that's going to bring about the joy and peace that we ultimately need in our life is going to come only by the one that's perfect the only one that has a rightfully an I in his name and that's christ nobody else but hence our problem when Christ isn't enough for us. See, when Christ stops being enough for us, and then we we replace the I in Christ that rightfully belongs to him, and we make that I about us. Close with this. Genesis 3.3 tells us this. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. You would think, and I know I'd probably make the exact same mistake Adam and Eve did, but if God gives us that definition, don't eat of it, don't touch it, why would you journey to be around it ah oh, the I part ah oh, there may be something more there I like there may be something more there I want I want to go see what that is that word mitz is a Hebrew word Tavek and it means the center or the middle in the midst of the garden in the center of the garden in all that God created and the beauty that's illustrated throughout the scriptures, the vastness of the Garden of Eden there in you know, the Mesopotamia area between the Tigris and the Euphrates, in this area of, of, of creation, when God created the garden, it was everything that Adam and Eve needed to sustain them. Even God himself. Look what it says in Genesis 3, eight, And they heard the voice of the Lord. God what? Walking in the garden in the cool of the day, just like the Hebrew children during the Exodus, you know, heard the audible voice of God in the in the pillar of clouds. Adam and Eve knew and felt and heard the presence of God with them every single day. We're talking about Thursday night. I I I know there's people who've heard the audible voice of God. I could only imagine. Imagine what that experience would be like. And Adam and Eve got to experience every day. The presence of God that they felt. You know they felt it because when they sinned, what did they do? They ran and hid from it. If they didn't feel it and know it was there, why would they run and hide and clothe themselves? They knew God was there. They knew God knew what they did. So this, this tree that God placed in the middle of the garden and all that he created around it for Adam and Eve put himself spiritually there that they felt him every day. And yet, yet, Adam and Eve chose and I challenge you to imagine everything Adam and Eve walked past to get to where they shouldn't be. Do you hear what I just said? God said, don't eat of it, don't touch it. They had to willfully journey to the midst of the garden, to the middle, to satisfy their eye. I want to see what this is. And yet they had to pass by everything god created to sustain them to get to where they shouldn't have been i can't sit here and tell you don't have enough wisdom and knowledge why god exactly put the tree there but i think we can make a strong argument even through satan and us today god's painting a picture if you keep on journeying and looking for the things i warned you about Probably one of the biggest reasons is your discontentment in what I have given you. It's not enough for you. And when we lose our contentment in God and what God has for us, then just like Lucifer, pride, and sin, it becomes about us. We're the I. So are we content with the Lord's will for our lives? Or are we willing to walk past what the Lord offers to obtain? what he said we don't need. Contentment can be described in a myriad of ways. I chose this one. Being satisfied with what we have been given even though we may not get what we want. That's contentment. I stated earlier this morning, I was up this morning just reading again. How many times in life we pass by the joy and the peace of God to try to find happiness in this life? God promises us that we can have peace and we can have joy. And yet we so many times walk past those things trying to find happiness in life. Contentment can only come from one place and one source. That's God. Only God's perfect. Only God can sustain us. Only God's good. Nothing this world offers us is going to be good, nor is it going to be lifelong satisfying. It will bleed out, and we're back on another journey looking for something else, trying to find some place to go to where we think we're going to be where we want to be and to get what we want to get. And we just, like Adam and Eve, walk past all the goodness and perfection of God to get where he tells us we shouldn't be. Amen? Amen. All right. Gentlemen, if you can come forward. When I was studying earlier this week for Thursday night. Through that, I've been fixated on this one verse that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 5. That one verse there in 29, when you read the full context of it and you see the, the you know, the, the events that take place. You see how these Hebrew children in this nation that God was creating about to birth it. And they wanted to be right with God. They've been through things that, uh, miracles beyond miracles. They knew who God was. They experienced God like most people never get to experience God. From the Red Sea to the shoes growing on their feet and all the things they went through, through the Exodus. And then there, when when they hear that voice of God, they just, they trembled, and rightfully so. Were fearful to even be in His presence. And then they commissioned Moses, in a sense, because they knew that's what they needed. They knew that God was all they needed. And when Moses comes back to to offer to God what they requested, i.e., all that God had for them so they could follow it, God says, that's okay, Moses. I, I heard them. I heard what they said to you. Sounds good. (laughs) And oh, will it be good for them if only their heart truly wanted it. Probably did at that very moment in time. I'm sure when Adam and Eve walked with God for however long in the garden, all was good because they were in the presence of the only thing they needed. as soon as there was a little bit more, though they didn't have a clue what it was, what it would do to them, what it would offer them, but the one that at one time sustained them said, hey, don't eat of it and don't touch it. Now, just like Lucifer, they wanted a little bit more because they didn't find their contentment in God. That's the way it on me all week. I preach God's enough. I stand up there just like this morning and say, we need to agree that God's enough. We need to live like God's enough. Look up scriptures that we read to sustain that and build that. But what about me? What would God say about Todd's heart? Oh, that Todd's heart was where he preaches. And we all have to do that. When we're encouraging others and, and we're acknowledging God's Word and we're, we're, we're wanting to be all that God wants us to be, is that really where our heart is? Are we content in God's way, in God's will, and God's purpose? Spiritual contentment is a struggle we all have difficulty with at some level. When is Jesus truly enough? We accept Him as our Savior. We don't have a problem accepting that being enough, do we? We put all of our trust and faith and hope in the promises of Christ. Then we get saved, and then it's like we, in ways, walk away looking for more. As if we're going to find something better than our salvation in Christ. Everyone this morning has wishes, wants, desires in this life. Those in and of themselves are not evil. They're not sinful. The question is, and what the real challenge is, is what we're desiring, longing for, and need that we're pursuing, does it go beyond Jesus or does it go through Jesus? he said this is what i want this is what i'm striving this is where whatever's in our heart and our mind does it go through jesus is our buffer that says no don't eat of that don't touch it can we say oh okay or do we venture beyond that to to get to it so this moment moment or excuse me this morning we're just going to pray here and uh And get our hearts right. As God says, oh, that their hearts were like their words. tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. I mean, oh, I don't know if I'm perfect enough to come before God. No, it's not because we can't be. It's not about us being perfect it's about us being right in God are we surrendering our heart are we setting aside this world are we coming before God here in a moment and pray and cleanse our heart for those things that are outside of Christ and bringing ourselves back into subjection to his will for us we get there then we can come worthily before and partake So let's take a moment. I'm just going to give us a moment of silence here where we sit, we can pray privately and independently. So let's pray. The Lord's Supper we all see stay in First Corinthians chapter 11 here. It says in verse 27, that, uh, excuse me, verse 24, it talks about giving thanks and breaking the bread, and so I'm going to ask Bob to pray over it this morning for us, and uh, then we'll distribute the bread.
2: Heavenly Father,
1: there's days that I can't even fathom why you did all this for us,
2: are, or I am, but we thank you, body that. We
1: Thank you, sir. I ask the children to be in here because I think it's such a special time for them. So, guys, if y'all would pay attention for a second, and as we share this, we eat this little wafer. This little wafer illustrates the body of Jesus Christ. And you notice that it's, you know, about as thin as a cracker. More or less, it is a cracker. And if you know anything about baking if those that are in with your mom if they're cooking or in your house that you put something in there called yeast if it turns into something like bread or cake and things of this nature and, and yeast is a bacteria it will say bacteria is not good for us in a sense and, and so that's why this isn't puffed up or something larger because there's no yeast in it it's kept out on purpose the reason being is because the body of Christ was perfect there was no blemish to it because as us being sinners as humans because of that sin we can't enter into heaven so there had to be someone to die for our sin and a sinner can't die for a sinner a, a bad person can't die for a bad person and pay for their them being bad there has to be one without sin one that wasn't bad one that was perfect one that was good and that's what jesus did jesus came from heaven with the father and holy spirit came to this earth to live like us he became his own creation the bible says he lived to 33 years old for some of y'all not much you know your parents aren't much older and after 33 years, it says, then they, they captured him. They took him in, and they took the body of Jesus, and, and they, they, they punished it in some horrific ways. The Bible says they ripped the beard out of his face. The Roman soldiers that arrested him, they, the, the term we say, you know, he got beat up. But they beat him up, I mean, bad. Then they placed a crown of thorns on his head. And then they took him to, in the center of the, of the village they were in, this little courtyard. And I don't mean to, to be gross here, but they, they tied him up and they took an instrument that had leather straps and hooks and, and they beat the body of Jesus with it 39 times. And it pulled off chunks of his flesh. All because Satan didn't want him getting to the cross. Satan knew that Christ came to die on the cross for our sins. And if if they could kill Jesus before he could ever die for our sins, then we have no Savior. And so this wafer here is a picture of of the body of Christ. that was broken for us and went through great pain and suffering all so we could have eternal life in heaven with him. The greatest sacrifice there's ever been was what Christ sacrificed for us because of his great love for us. It tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. I'm going to ask Terry to pray over the Jews for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your love for us. We thank you for allowing us to be here, Lord, on your son, Jesus Christ, Lord's Supper. Lord. We thank you for the ultimate sacrifice you made by sending your son down the cross. The blood that was shed, Lord, not for something that he did, something we couldn't pay for. That is all of our sins. Be with us now, Lord, as we do this. And remember the blood that was sacrificed by your son Jesus Christ, because he loved us that much. We do this and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, the reason we use the juice, just as the cracker the wafer illustrated the body of Christ, the juice represents the blood of Christ. It's the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there cannot be a remission of sins. And when Christ was bleeding on that cross, the scriptures tell us that God the Father scooped up, I say scoop, they grabbed the blood of Christ, and God sprinkled it on what's called the mercy seat of Christ in heaven. The king and the throne. And it's that blood that Jesus shared, not only what his body went through, but what his body gave up. The giving up of his blood. It tells us. Romans 623, for the wages of sin is death. You think, well, if Jesus is God and He was, why didn't God just say, I'll just I'll just save everybody? But His word says that the wages of our sin, what we get for being sinners, is death. And Christ took our place so we don't have to die per se for our sins. That Christ died for our sins. And that breaking of his body and that shedding of his blood, it washed away all of our sins. So whenever that day comes, as we will all die, as we get older, and we stand before God, we get to stand before God, children, in in, in robes of righteousness without blemish. Because Christ is perfect, he made us perfect. And he did that with his body and through his blood. This grape juice is grape juice because it's pure. It's perfect. There's no additives per se and nothing that, that contaminates it. Why it's not the blood of Jesus, it illustrates the blood that he shed for us. Goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25, In the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament. In my blood, this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Mark will get the lights here. We're going to have a moment. The music plays. Maybe it's a time to come forward. Come and pray with one of these men. They'd be honored to pray with you. You can come and pray on your own. Maybe part of our message this morning, where's our heart at? Oh, if Todd's heart was where his words were. I wish Todd was as fully content in me as he says he wants to be. Is Christ enough? Is Christ all we need? when it comes to our desires our wishes our hopes our dreams are we looking beyond Jesus just like Adam and Eve look beyond God and walk past everything good for them to get where God told them they didn't need to be we want to be careful we won't don't want to be so content not contentment content on trying to find happiness are intentful in finding happiness that we pass up all the joy and peace that god promises us by way of his goodness so as the music plays this morning as the lord leads you the altars open